Secure Act 2.0, it's currently being considered in Congress and most believe it will pass this year or next. So what could it mean for those planning for retirement? On today's show, some ways the proposed changes will impact retirement. It's all about your retirement. You're going to want to have an additional check to come in to maintain your lifestyle. For the retirement referees, Steve Caruso knows all the plays of the game. One thing we know for sure is that life isn't static. Retirement doesn't have to be complicated. Things are going to happen to you over the course of your retirement. Whatever the future, planning is key. The easiest way to make decisions from strength is to have money to fall back on. Welcome in to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. Welcome, everybody, to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. It's the show where we blow the whistles on financial fouls. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's also president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard and is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience. Good Sunday to you, Steve. How are you today? I'm doing great, Teresa. How are you? I am great. I'm great. Looking forward to uh, uh, to summer coming up here. Where we've got so many things we could be doing now. Now that you know, we're, you know, COVID seems to be going down yeah. somewhat. Yeah. yeah, things are starting to be open, starting to get back to normal. So exactly, exactly. So lots to look forward to. Um, and we may or may not look forward to this, but it's called the SECURE Act, or Settling Every Community Up for Retirement Enhancement Act. And now I know why they say SECURE Act instead. It's widely expected the bill will pass either this year or in 2022, given its strong bipartisan support and the nearly unanimous backing of the original SECURE Act. And we're going to take a look at several ways your retirement savings plan may change if the legislation becomes law. First one, it's a good one. You can wait longer to take RMDs. Yeah, so <clears throat> this is a good one, it, it, but it can also create, create some planning problems as well. But the original SECURE Act raised the age at which you can start minimum distributions from 70 and a half to 72. Under the proposed legislation, they would again raise the age, um, this time to over 75, um, and that's going to be staggered in over a decade. So the age at RMD would initially increase next year in January to 73. Then again, in January of 2029, it would increase to 74. And then it would rise to 75 in January of 2032. One of the things that we have in place now with the RMDs is if you miss an RMD, there's a 50% penalty. That would be reduced to 25%. So that's a good thing for most folks. And um, if you corrected the mistake, it would reduce it down from 25 to 10%. So uh, that penalty would be coming down. So that's that's very helpful. Yes, yes. Good, good things to know. Also, too, your employer could auto-enroll you in a retirement savings plan. Now, is this a good thing? It can be because a lot of people, um, they fail to pay themselves first. So this kind of forces you to pay yourself first. Um, and we talk so much about people missing out on free money. Um, so the legislation would require employers to automatically enroll people in their 401k or 403b plan at a savings rate of 3% of their salary, which would at least get them, uh, in most cases, the, the, the full match and some, you know, some cases part of the match. Um, workers could opt out or opt to save uh, even more if they wanted to. They could go up to the, obviously, to the annual contribution limits. 
Enrolled workers' contribution rates would also automatically increase by 1% each year until they reach 10% of their pay. So what it would do is if you've been working at the same job for, say, seven years, you're now contributing in that eighth year, you're contributing 10% of your pay. So it's forcing you, especially if you're at a younger age, to start saving for retirement. And the person who starts sooner obviously ends up with a lot more money. So um, it, it can be a very good thing. Um, but if you're living paycheck to paycheck, it's going to obviously make your paycheck smaller. Right, right, right. And then here's another good one, especially later on. You can make bigger catch-up contributions. Yeah, so that's 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 encouraging too. So if you had a late start in, in saving or maybe you were putting kids through college, um, under the proposed bill, workers between ages 62 and 64 would be able to contribute even more to these accounts. So for 401k and 403b plans, you'd be able to contribute an extra $10,000 as opposed to the current $6,500. And for simple IRA plans, you'd be able to contribute an additional $5,000 as opposed to the current $3,000. The proposal also calls for IRA catch-up limits. Um, Those are uh, contributions for people 50 years and older to be indexed to inflation starting in 2023. So basically, since 2006, it's been just a flat $1,000. So those would start to increase as well. So uh, what it would do is it allows you, as you're getting closer to retirement, to put more money away. Okay. Number to get in touch with Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Um, this is an interesting one. You could find old 401ks more easily. And, and this is not a huge problem, but we, we do see this from time to time where you worked at a company and maybe you're, the employer was giving you a contribution and you were you were younger and you, you weren't really paying attention to it um, and you lose track of it. So uh, under the new legislation, they would create a national online lost and found database. Uh, lost and found something we usually hear with like a elementary school, like where kids forget their hat or gloves or something at school. Right. But um, <laughs> this would be a lost and found database for retirement plans. And uh, so if you did have something that got handed over to abandoned property that you forgot about from an old employer or that you didn't even know you had money in, um, there would be a way to, it'd be an easier way to find it. Okay. Okay. Well, good thing. Um, you can also contribute to Roths in more ways. Right. And so the, a couple of years ago, we had the, uh, the Roth 401k. This would add also the ability to do simple and SEP IRAs uh, in a Roth format. Um and so it also would allow employees to opt for employer matching contributions in 401k, 457, and 403b plans on a Roth basis. What that means is that right now, say you're doing all of your contributions into Roth and you're over 50, so you're contributing, say, the full 26000 that you'd be allowed under current law, your employer's match is going in pre-tax. You would have the option under the new law to be able to... Um, to designate that as Roth as well. Okay. Okay. Also, two part-time workers would have a shorter path to retirement plan eligibility. It's another good one. Yeah. Under the first SECURE Act, companies that offer the 401k plan um, are now required to allow employees who work at least 500 hours a year for three consecutive years to contribute to a retirement account. Basically, what the proposal is doing is it's taking that three-year rule down to a two-year rule. So you'd have to just satisfy that for two consecutive years as opposed to three. Okay. All right. And this next one and our last one, savers and 403B plans would get better investment options. Yeah. And we, we just kind of touched on this because of the uh, collective investment trusts. They, um, 
they and the any and the fact that the employer would have to take fiduciary responsibility they're going to want to offer more choices better choices so it's a win-win for everyone and you know that's one of the things that we want to look at is are you saving enough for retirement so one of the things that we do uh, in our planning is taking a look and saying all right here's how much you should be retired you you should be saving for retirement and here's how much you can afford to save for retirement looking at your spending and so what you really need is a comprehensive financial plan and we are going to make that available for free for the first 15 callers into the show today. And it's going to really look at your whole picture and it's going to show you, all right, here's what your spending is now. Based on your spending, here's how much you should be saving. Uh, here's, here's some tweaks that you could make to improve your overall retirement picture if you were to save this much more into, say, Roth or if you were to save this much more into your 401k. We'll look to see, are you leaving free money on the table by not doing your full match? And so these are all great things to, to know and have clarity about as you're getting nearer to retirement, making sure you're taking advantage of the catch-ups. And we're going to make that available to the first 15 callers. All right. You want to call Steve at 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. This is for retirees and pre-retirees, common sense planning and straight talk instead of financial double talk and a sales pitch. And folks, you just need to sit down and get that financial roadmap put together. Steve's going to translate the complex financial world into something that just makes sense. It's an excellent chance for you to get a true, practical financial review. Again, that number to call, it's 800-705-9995. Callers who call in will receive a comprehensive financial review. It's going to show you where you are now, but most importantly, it's going to get you a roadmap to where you need to be. If nothing to lose, call now, 800-705-9995. What's coming up next, Steve? Are we headed towards a recession? We don't know for sure. When we come back, we'll give you some recession facts you need to know just in case. Thank you, Orlando, for tuning in and spending some of your Sunday with us. You are tuned to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. You can also check out his website at laurelwealthsolutions.com. And he is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience. And we stress this every week. Fiduciary is so important because that means he's got your best interest in mind. He's not there pushing a product, trying to get a commission. He wants to listen to your concerns and plans for your future and put a plan together for you. And that's so important, especially last year, this year. You know, last year, economic experts agree the U.S. entered the recession in late February, early March and it didn't last long, maybe till about April or so. But is there another one on the horizon? And it depends who you talk to. Either way, we're going to look at some recession facts everyone should know. First one is, why are they called recessions, Steve? Because calling them depressions is too scary. And I'm, not, okay. I'm not joking about that. That's, right. that's really the case. Sure. Uh, after the Great Depression, a term once considered a lot milder than, you know, for before the Great Depression was the Panic of 1873. Mm -hmm. Um they used to refer to stuff as the panic or the crisis. Um, and what that would do is it would create fear and um, that could cause the financial markets uh, to lose stability because there would be runs on banks and things of that nature. Mm -hmm. So the term depression for an economic downturn um, after the Great Depression became particularly terrifying. So 
uh, economists began using the term recession instead. Okay. Okay. There you go. Something interesting at your history lesson in for today. Also, what constitutes an official recession? So according to the National Bureau of Economic Research, uh, they're, they're basically the arbiters of the definition. Two quarters of consecutive GDP is what the NBR uses to define it. So if they have two consecutive quarters of decline, um, there are other factors too, uh, including the declines in real manufacturing and wholesale retail mm-hmm. and industrial production that go along with a recession, but it's two consecutive declining quarters of GDP. Okay. And, and how long do they last, basically? They vary, um, but on average, 17 and a half months. So if you go back all the way to uh, just after the panic of 1873, if you're going back to 1875, um, the longest uh, post-World War II recession was the one that we experienced uh, in 07 through June of 09. Okay. Okay. All right. And what is the worst effect of a recession? Well, an old economist joke is that a recession is when someone else loses their job and a depression is when you lose your job. But uh, very few economists have have transitioned to stand-up comedy, and I don't think I will be either. So, um, but, you know, the it really depends, right? So it, it really depends on your industry. So sometimes the economy could be great, but your particular industry could be in a recession. Um, or, or sometimes the world could be uh, not such a great place and everyone could be doing poorly except you. So um, there's there's some truth to that joke. Um, you know, so even, and we've seen this firsthand during the pandemic, if you were in certain industries, you really felt no no economic effects at all from the pandemic. And maybe your 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 revenue or your your income actually went up, um, whereas other, other businesses were completely devastated by it. So, um, you know, so it's, it's, it's all in the eye of the beholder, but when we're looking at when we're looking at uh, terming something a recession, where we're looking at it on the economy as a whole. Okay. Okay. This next it's a big one. Can you retire during a recession? Sure, um, but maybe you want to consider a part-time job rather than stopping work entirely. Um, that gives you kind of a hedge against withdrawing from your retirement accounts. So, what? The danger in in retiring during a recession is that usually the stock market is not doing so well. So you're, if you're pulling from your stock investments when the market is going down, you're doing something called dollar cost ravaging, meaning you're selling more shares to generate the same amount of uh, of, of income. And correspondingly, when the market eventually does rebound and we pull out of the recession, you have less shares growing for you. So um, sometimes if you wanted to retire, it might make sense if you could do something um, part-time or if you've set up your buckets and you've got enough money liquid and safe to get you through that recessionary time without touching your your longer-term growth investments, that can be great. The, the key is you want to have a hedge against uh, withdrawals from your retirement accounts or your the aggressive piece of your portfolio so you have time to recover from a potential correction. Okay. 800-705-9995 is the number to get in touch with Steve. A lot of this, it can get confusing. It can get complex, but this is something you help your clients with on a daily basis. Yeah, no. And so what we do is we'll, we'll put together a comprehensive financial plan. And what we're going to do is we're going to actually 
give you a detailed financial plan, but we're going to also simplify it down into one page that will show you your three buckets. And we call those buckets the liquid bucket, the income bucket, and the growth bucket. And what we want to do is we want to get a, your well-defined goal and figure out what you what you want your retirement to look at look like because once we have that we can figure out what it costs and once we can figure out what it costs we can carve out um you know a set amount to cover your expenses or to cover your shortfall um so that you have time to ride out a difficult market like a recession so if the average recession is 17 and a half months if you have three years of your income shortfall and something safe um you can typically allow your growth investments to grow. If you have something producing you an income to to meet your expenses, um, won't necessarily keep you pace with inflation. But if you have that liquid piece, that three years of shortfall, and you have the income piece, then you could go three years, five years, even sometimes without touching your your stocks, which gives you time to ride out a, a a uh, difficult market or a recession. Mm -hmm. And that's something it's what it, what it does is having a plan in place, Teresa. The main thing it does is create peace of mind. It helps you sleep well at night. And so we still have 10 spots left. Um, and we're, we're doing that for absolutely no charge for the next 10 callers who call into the show. We're going to put together a comprehensive retirement distribution plan. That's going to make you feel a little bit more confident about owning what you own and, at the very least, you're going to understand why you own what you own, and you're probably going to be less less likely to panic if you have someone that you're as a sounding board that's working you through and and giving you advice. And so that's that peace of mind comes with having a plan, and that's something we're going to make available to the next ten callers. 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Today is your opportunity to build a tomorrow that you want. And there's no cost or obligation to get a better handle on your financial situation, find out what your investments are really costing you because of those high fees or commissions you might be charged, uh, what future tax implications will be, and how much income you can securely generate from that once you do move into retirement. Pick up the phone and call Steve now. He's an advisor you can trust. He's there by your side, listening to your concerns and plans for your future. Let him put together a lifetime customizable retirement plan for you and take the stress out of planning for your future. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. What's on the way next, Steve? Good news, some expenses may go down after retirement. Bad news, some may go up. We'll break down the list when we come right back. Welcome back to The Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve is the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He is a fiduciary with over two decades of experience and president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the eastern seaboard. All right. So you said we have some good news and maybe some bad news and living on a fixed income and retirement means you've got to know what your expenses are going to be. And you might be surprised. Some of them may actually go down year over year. So we're going to take a look at some of the ups and the downs of expenses in retirement. First one, this seems like it could be mm, eh, not so great. Requir required minimum distributions can seriously raise your costs. Yeah, so we talked a little bit earlier, Teresa, about how they are raising the 
age or they did raise the age to 72 and potentially could be raising it to 75. Mm-hmm. And so at that age, whatever it is, um, depending on, you know, if that legislation passes or not, you're going to be required to take out money from your traditional IRA. You can't just continue to defer it in perpetuity. Um, and you'll also have to take from all of your retirement accounts, uh, 401k, 457, 403b. Those distributions, they start off relatively small. So it's a it's a life expectancy table and it ends up being, you know, somewhere around three and a half percent, but it gradually becomes a bigger percentage as you get older. Um, so those distributions um, will continue. And by the time you reach uh, 115, if you make it that long, <laughs> um, your, your IRA will be gone. It will have already been removed and been taxed. Um, withdrawals from these accounts are treated obviously as taxable income, which means you're going to owe income tax on the amount that's distributed. So where we see this a lot, Teresa, is with, um, people who are state government, you know, Florida employees or, um, federal government employees where they have a pension plan. And so they have a, sometimes a very generous pension plan. And then they also have pre-tax savings. And they don't necessarily need the pre-tax savings to live. Um, so I was meeting with a client this week who they have a um, they have a pretty large uh, tax deferred TDA tax deferred annuity, um, which is just a type of four hundred three b plan. Um, and then they also have um, a, a pension that's more money than they need to live. Now they could continue to defer their from taking minimum distributions for another 10 years, but it might make sense for them to take distributions earlier to spread out the tax hit. What do I mean by that? Well, if you let things grow and you let things defer, now when you get to that point in retirement where you have to take minimum distributions, you no longer have control over your tax bracket. And some of those minimum distributions could be six figures. And so now you might not need that $100,000 minimum distribution to live, but you're going to have to pay taxes on it, which is going to cause you to pay a higher percentage tax because our tax brackets are incremental. Okay. Okay. Yeah. This next one, you're, you know, the cost of living increase for social security, that's a good thing, but Medicare premiums can, can eat that up. Yeah. So this is another one, um, especially it's not just Medicare. It's a, you know, a lot of times too, I'll, I'll meet with a, a federal government employee and they'll say, oh, well, I have, um, I have a cost of living increase in my pension. And so I'm not really that concerned about my health care going up because it's, it's going to cover the, the increase in my health, my health expenses. Well, no, it's not because health care expenses typically inflate at a much higher rate than uh, what you're getting in a cost of living adjustment. So over the last 10 years, the cost of living adjustment for Social Security has averaged 1.65%. Um, the average increase in healthcare costs has been about 7%. So what you see and what mo- most retirees actually um, figure out as they get into retirement is that the social security benefit is, is you know, while it's definitely getting that inflation adjustment, all of it is going to the Medicare premium because um, Medicare continues to rise, especially on the Part B premiums, and it winds up chewing through most, if not all, of that entire increase. And thanks to the hold harmless provision, hikes in Medicare Part B premium can eat up all 
but not more than the increase in the recipient's social security check. So um, basically the government giveth, what that means in English is just that the government giveth in one hand, taketh with the other. So um, they, you know, they're not really giving you anything in, in terms of that. And a lot of times your um, additional healthcare costs, medicines and things like that are inflating at an, at an even faster rate. So uh, it's just important that you, you realize that, that it's not, yes, you're getting a cost of living, but you need to still have something growing in your retirement portfolio. Right, right. Also, it gets substantially harder to wait out a bad market once you retire. Yeah. So when you are 20 years out from retirement and you have a bad market, you have the benefit of time, right? You're still working. You're still plugging money in. So you're buying more shares while the market's going down. And eventually the market's going to come back up. Um now, it might take a few years in a really bad market like the one we got in 08. You know, it could take you even five years to get all the way back. Um, but once you retire, you don't have the benefit of time on your side. So it's really important to to look at um, the money you need to live and to start time segmenting uh, your assets in and in investing based having an alloc- asset allocation based on your goals as opposed to. Um, some kind of cookie cutter pie chart allocation, like a like a target date fund, like a 2025 fund or something like that. Um, you want to really have a targeted number that's based on your spending goals. And money that you're going to spend in the next five years shouldn't be in the stock market. Um, that would allow you to wait out a bad market. And so while you're working and adding money, you're not worried about it. But once you retire... And you start pulling from your portfolio and you need that to cover your cost of living. A down market takes on an entirely different meaning if you're if you haven't done that planning, because now, whether you like it or not, you're forced to sell. And usually in that scenario, you're not selling your your bad stocks. You're selling your good stocks because your bad stocks, you can't get anything for them. So the you know, you you have to sell something you didn't really want to sell like an Apple or a Microsoft, uh, you know, in a, in a downturn like 07 or 08, because you can't get anything for um, some of the stuff that's really down. And so that's, it's important. And that's what having a plan does for you. Right, right. And again, you go over all of this with your clients, you do this on a day to day basis. We do. And so what we're going to do for the next five callers, Teresa, is put together a comprehensive financial plan, which is sort of like a roadmap. But what that starts with is a conversation. And it starts with a conversation about your goals and painting a picture of what you want your retirement to look like. We call that a well-defined goal. And we're, we're going to look at uh, those 24 hours, seven days, and say, how are you going to fill that time? And who are your, what are your social interactions going to be with? Are you, in a, are you in an area now that you have a lot of friends? Or do, does your family live far away? Are you going to want to move closer to family? What are the types of things that you're going to want to do in retirement? and really force you to kind of give it some thought. And uh, that makes a big difference. And we're going to do, we're going to put together that retirement distribution plan absolutely free. And we still have five spots left. All right. That number, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. First step is to sit down with a financial advisor. Something we're talking about today resonates with you, whether it's tax planning, social security, health care, or just the overall big picture. You just want to make sure that your uh, your goals are really aligned um, with what, you know, what's your future look like. And when you want to get that plan put in place or just get a second opinion, call Steve. 
One more segment left, Steve. What's coming up? Well, right after the break, when we return, we're going to jump into some questions from listeners. So tune back in. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. I'm your consumer advocate, Teresa Opeka. Steve's the best-selling author of Cookie Cut This, Retirement Distribution Strategies for the Nonconformist. He's also president and founder of Laurel Wealth Solutions with offices throughout the Eastern Seaboard. Check out his website, laurelwealthsolutions.com. Okay, this is the most fun we have all hour. It is mm-hmm. listener questions. First up is Jeanette in celebration. I recently turned 65 years old. Can I still enroll in a 403B plan that my employer offers? Sure. So if you're still working, Jeanette, um, you can absolutely still enroll in your plan. Um, and it might make sense to do so. Uh, and a lot of uh, plans will now offer Roth contributions. So maybe if you have enough saved for retirement, you may want to just put some money away into Roth uh, as a source of tax-free growth uh, for the longer term, but you can absolutely contribute uh, to your plan. Okay. All right. Next up is Ron and Four Corners. This is a long one. I was advised to consolidate as many of my retirement accounts as possible. I have about seven accounts, the traditional IRA, Roth IRA, and several 403B accounts. I was told that it was good to have 403B accounts because they have protections that other accounts don't have, such as from creditors and lawsuits. I can't move any money into the 403B accounts because they are from old employers, but I can move the money to other accounts. Should I hold on to these accounts or should I consolidate them? Well, so this is there's no easy answer to this question, Ron. Uh, so everyone is different and uh, it really depends on your goals, but what we would look at in a situation like this, I, I do think there's a benefit to consolidating. Uh, number one, because it's just easier as you get older to have uh, all your all of your uh, pre-tax assets in one account, uh, as opposed to spread out across seven accounts where you have to calculate um, and aggregate seven different balances to determine what your minimum distribution is. Uh, so we spent some time today talking about that. And so it does make it a little bit more cumbersome. There are protections embedded in the 403B, but a lot of times they're also not as good of investment choices. And so it really depends on how important that kind of creditor protection is for you. Um, You know, a lot of times you can also, you can do things like a personal umbrella policy or things like that if you're really overly concerned about uh, liability. But you know, consolidating into an IRA, now you have the ability to choose where that money goes. And, it, you know, it sounds like you might still be working, even though you said some of those are from old plans. If it's a current employer plan and you're you're planning on working past uh, minimum distribution age, then you could uh, consolidate into your current plan. And that, that would allow you to um, not have to take minimum distributions until you actually retire. Um, so that could be a solution too, but there's no real, there's no real one catch-all answer for you. Um, but that's something that we could look at on a one-on-one basis and see if it really does make sense for you. All right. Next up is Juan in Winter Park. I have a pre-tax 401k that I want to start converting to a Roth IRA account. 
Does that money need to go to a traditional IRA first, or can it go directly to a Roth IRA from the 401k account? I'm 62 years old, and I plan to retire at 67. So you can tell your 401k when you're doing the rollover one that you are moving it to a Roth IRA. Um, and then when you receive the check, they'll typically will make out the check to the new institution. Um, and then you're going to want to have that new institution co uh, code it as a conversion. You don't need to go through the middle step. Sometimes people will go through that middle step just to make it a little bit cleaner. Um, so if you, if you roll it into an IRA first, um, a lot of times when you're rolling stuff out of a 401k plan, um, it, the plans themselves are pretty cumbersome sometimes to do the transaction. So sometimes it's just easier to do one rollover into a traditional IRA. And then once it's in the rollover, convert the part that you want to convert into Roth from there. Um, but you can certainly do it the other way. Um, the, the real thing you want to ask yourself, is it smarter for you to really be doing the conversions? Um, you said you're 62 years old, you, you plan to retire in five years. Would it be smarter if your plan just allows you to con to contribute the money into Roth, maybe to just switch to Roth con contributions rather than adding taxable income while you're still working um, between 62 and 67? So again, this is a question that probably will want to sit down on a one-on-one -on -one basis and, and look at and do the proper tax analysis. But um, it could make sense. But where you said you're still working and you plan to retire five years from now, uh, it, I would think it might make more sense to just switch to uh, Roth contributions in the 401k if your plan offers it, um, rather than trying to do a rollover and and, and conversion uh, and add to your taxable income now while you're still working. Okay. All right. Last one's from Jerry and Claremont. Is there a written formula to manually calculate how much a person can convert from an IRA to established Roth in 2021 while staying in the current 12% tax bracket? I'm a single person, 68 years old, and on Social Security. Yeah. So, Jerry, there's a couple of things there, and that's a, a very complex question. And obviously, we don't um, give... Uh, we're not accountants, so we're not going to give you specific tax advice, but there is a threshold at which uh, you stay in the 12% the bracket. So, um, but your accountant would, would tell you that more specifically because there's deductions and standard deductions and things of that nature um, that, you, that you would have. So it's not really uh, to give you a specific number would be very challenging. Um, the other thing you'd have to consider is now, um, do you make your, your social security taxable, um, which could also have a bad, a bad impact if you do, if you do it incorrectly. So, um, definitely something you want to meet with an accountant on or your tax professional. Um, but in terms of the tax brackets, um, you're not going to be able to convert that much of your of your plan if you're single and you're you're in you're trying to stay in the 12% tax bracket. So for um, for 2021, a single filer, the cap on the where where it jumps from 12 to 22% would be at 40,525. And so um, you know you don't have a ton of ton of wiggle room there, um, depending on your overall other income. Okay. All right. 
And so uh, we think, I think we still have about three more spots left, Teresa. So, um, you know, anyone who wants to call in, we are going to put together a a full comprehensive uh, retirement distribution plan that's going to look at Social Security. It's going to look at taxes. It's going to look at whether or not a Roth conversion makes sense, where or is it smarter to to switch to Roth contributions? Uh, We're going to look at should you enroll in your 403B? Is it worth it to make catch-up contributions? These are all questions that we can provide clarity on. And once you have that plan in place, it it allows you to make decisions um, from a position of strength and, and a position of knowledge. So you understand why you're making the investment decisions that you're making, and you understand why you own the assets that you own. And we still have three more spots left. Yes. And that number to call, Steve, it's 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Again, it's just common sense planning and straight talk instead of financial double talk and a sales pitch. You want to get that roadmap put together. Steve's going to show you where you need to be. It's important to see where you are now, but he's going to show you where you need to be and, and, and get a stress-free future. Take the stress out of planning for your future. Again, three spots left and the phones are ringing. You want to get in right now, folks. This is your last chance for today. Uh, They fill up fast every week. Again, that number, 800-705-9995, 800-705-9995. Steve, as always, I learn something new every week, and I'm looking forward to next weekend. Yes, as am I, Teresa. I will see you back here next week, next Sunday evening. And uh, thank you for spending part of your Sunday with us. And we will see you next week. Right back here for the Retirement Referee with Steve Caruso. 